Hi, I'm Raymond, and you're listening to Insert Quest Here. Today we're going to be playing Apocalypse World. This is our Verdant Mountains campaign. This is like episode 12, or some crazy balls like that. Uh, we're going to introduce our characters, starting with Brandon. Hi, I'm Brandon. No, I'm not going to do that voice. It's a terrible voice. Um, I'm Brandon. <laughs> I am adjunct professor to the stars. And um, I'm playing Ozair, um, who is a ambiguously female-gendered battle babe, formerly a savvy head. Cool lady. Savvy babe. A battle head. That's right. She has guns. She's cool. Plus, I'm done. She's really weird, though. Yes. Yeah. Alex? All right. I am Alex, and I am playing Canteen Ayazama. He is the water bearer of the group, uh, and he is also weird, but not quite as weird as other people, and you probably know me from Ragnarok. Brilliant. Next. Hi, everybody. I am Ryan. You may also know me from Ragnarok, but then again, you may not. Um, I'm going to be playing Saffron. Saffron is our maestro D. Uh, he is transgressing. Transgressing. He wears vintage wear. Um, he has a porcelain face, mischievous eyes, curvy body, and very precise hands. And he runs a theater bordello where people go to see the shows, and then they pick the characters they like, and they take them to bed. It's a full-on experience. Um, interactive. It is interactive. You mean you have to use your hands? That's like mm -hmm. a big toy. So, uh, let's do history. Hicks, hooks, and then we'll get on to start a session moves, and then get in to the actual game part. So, history. Yep. That's Which fine. of you unlucky gentlemen is going first? That's for you to decide and us well, to find well, out. Well, one of you needs to go first. So if you uh, I, will go, I will go first. Uh, both Ayazama and Ozair have the same history with me, so I'm going to go with Ozair. Um, hot for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you are. You know it. I guess I can go next. Um, Ozair has Saffron as their highest. All right. In that case, I'm going to return the favor and go with Weird. Sweet. Still making uh, it harder for me to choose which stat to highlight. And I also have Saffron as my highest. Um, all right. In that case, for you, Ayazama, I'm going to go with your hot as well. All right. I just added a point to that. There you go. And then I will highlight everyone's hmm, sharp. Stay sharp. We'll see how that serves you in this negotiation. So you, um, I believe, 
Oh, hang on. Alex, you have a started session move. I do, I do. Let me do that. I almost so forgot. Last time I... your people were hungry, uh, but no hungry. longer desperate. Right. So, and, my they were, and, they, and they had grown yes. uh, due to your work as a necrosurgeon. Well, they're, uh, this time I got a 12. Oh, nice. So, so they're probably going to grow again. Uh, they grow, but they do not want. They have surplus, so I get uh, plus one barter and plus growth. So, when we last left off the game, you guys had passed off the body, returned the body of Finer Sasha to the burners in their ghillie suit type things. Um... And I think everyone uh, was pretty much just waiting till tomorrow. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Well, no, we went to... We also went to find uh, Gene, but he was gone. Well, yeah, uh, but that, that happened before was, the end of the run. Right, but Ozair was waiting around overnight to see if he came yeah, back. Yeah, so Ozair's, like, guarding that. Okay. So, yeah. Ozair, what do you do to try and keep awake... Or do you not worry about falling asleep? It's Ozair. Standing Why would Ozair worry about falling asleep? Well, because you're standing watch. I thought you might have wanted to stay awake. Well, she's not standing. She's sitting. Standing would be ridiculous. Yes, fair enough. Um, but, I don't know. She... What would she do? Count to a million. No, um... It's not going to keep you awake. It's going to make her more tired. Um, I don't know. Switch constantly. Switch where she's sitting. Play a few uh, hoops of b-ball. That's all right. So do some slam dunks. <laughs> that's what you guys call it, right? B-ball? Totally. Yeah. yeah, that's where you get a human head and you throw it through the b-ball hoop. <laughs> And you make some two-point return dunks. Sorry. Huh? Show it out. It's like, it's like you were born playing the sport. Mm -hmm. That would explain right. it well, with all the blows to the head. Yeah. So I, I forgot that I was supposed to take an improvement last session. Oh, yeah. I think I, do you want to do that now? Yeah, I think I am going to take the move from the faceless where I can talk to my mask. Yes. Oh god. Yes. Yes. I don't think Ray is excited about that though. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually kind of boring. So you're moving around a lot as there to try and stay awake. I you're you are trying to stay awake. I'm not trying to force you to do this. It's just because yes. you said you were standing watch. I've been standing watch and staying awake. Um Perhaps in her uh, doingness, in her watchingness, she will open her brain just to see if she can, like, get anything like, else. About I really this love story. how much a fixture of the campaign open your brain moves have become. At the beginning, it was like, you know, 
Alex was like, oh, my character doesn't really do that. And then uh, Ryan was like, oh, no, it's dangerous for me. I'm like, all right, we'll do it this once. And now it's every run, you either all do it at least once or, like, a bunch of you do it twice, sometimes three times. Now, now it's just gone to the point where it's, I'm bored, and I'll open my brain to the site. I want to make this scene more interesting. I, I think, seize up a little. Um... I think in Ozair's mind, it's kind of like a, what do you call it, like a combat meditation. Yeah, all right. Like, she's trying something different, rather than, like, going into the... Praise the machine void. Yes, she is going to, like, essentially meditate on her form and her weapons. Uh, and I feel like Saffron has gotten a lot more comfortable with his weird as the sessions have gone on. Well, when you're running with someone like Ozair, it's kind of hard not to. Mm-hmm. So you um, sort of focus in on your weapons and things like that. You know, go through a few movements as you're waiting here. And you start to feel a connection. And I assume that your weird still, your the Maelstrom for you will still look similar to before. Um... Or has it changed because of the way you've changed? I think... Because I think this might be... I'm not sure, I can't remember. It might be the first time she has willingly done it. Hmm. Since, like... No, she did it once, right after she killed all those people, I think, or before yeah. or something. I've had you guys roll weird before, but it wasn't a actually an open-your-brain move. It was something else. Yes. But yeah, so I don't know what she will see, so I'm going to roll this. Hopefully it's not terrible. Scared to click this. A four. Ha-ha. That is a 13. There it is. Um, hmm. So is there something in particular you're focusing on? You said your guns. I can give you information about your guns, an impression about them. Um, she's not focusing on them, per se, like in that sense. She's focusing on them in, like, um, a... Um, she's using that as a meditative point. Like, yeah, I get it. It's a fuck. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So she is trying to like get a better sense of this current situation she's in, the one where she is waiting for Jean. Um, she just wants to know. Um, I mean, of course, she wants to know where. Where he is, but, you know, like, more information about him. She's focusing on, like, the image she has of the uh, black frogman in her, like, mind's eye. So as you are holding the your weapons and stuff and, you know, practicing some of the movements with them to sort of center your mind, you see someone else sort of like a ghost of an image. There's a lot of machinery around them, and you see this darkness. And you see someone holding your shotgun. Um, 
then they seem to be pulling it apart and opening it and changing things about it. It's a, uh, you know, black, uh, slimy person, but I wouldn't describe them as a frog. I'd describe them more as a, like a large bear or beaver or something, you know, some kind of heavy mammal. Um, and they're sort of looking at the gun, pulling it apart, and you put it, see them put it down in a crate, and you see someone else lift up the crate, uh, sort of a similar heavy build, and they move it away, and then you can, you see uh, a thin uh, frog man uh, dangling off of something and pulling their chest up towards their knees. Uh, you see a uh, extremely tall, uh, lithe figure um, uh, looking over a table. Um, you're not quite sure what's on it. It looks like a bunch of information, maybe. And then you see one of these f thin frog, uh, black tar frogmen step in uh, to the room, and everyone sort of looks at them. Uh, and then you see uh, this one reach into the crate and pick up your shotgun and look at it and they sort of aim it and look down the sights and then place it back in and congratulates the people around and and they all sort of go back to what they were doing uh, and you get the impression of readiness of people being of preparations being made hmm So, Ozer kind of comes out of her reverie and kind of um, sits there. She's like sitting on her, uh, sitting cross-legged, why not? Um, and she kind of nods to herself and stands up and walks to the other side of the room and sits down. All right, and that's how you spend the evening and the morning, effectively, the early yep. morning. All right, so early morning arrives. You guys have the meeting between uh, Saddington of the Burners and... Uh, Holland, yes, uh, of your own community, and that's happening at midday. Um, what were the things that the people needed to bring? Um, they needed to, I believe, they had to come unarmed, mm -hmm. and uh, they needed to bring tokens of goodwill, or, or maybe pe uh, uh, peace offerings, 
basically I don't remember the same thing offer, either yeah. way. Yeah. It'll be the same thing, <laughs> narratively. Um, Alright, so... Do you make any preparations for this? You guys individually or as a group? You know, where are you going to hold these talks? Are you going to have any sort of thing set up for it, you know? Well, they're going. it's going to be at the in front of the source. Hmm. Also, you're uh, going to put a table out there. You're going to cordon yeah. off an area. You know, I, I will put it. I will put a table out. This is this is all the planning. So, first hour of this game today is pretty much going to be you guys. I don't mean to interrupt, uh, mm -hmm. but you might want to hold it in the building where the source is. Otherwise, I don't know how far your power extends outside of the building. Alex? That's true, yeah, because then if they fuck around, I can't execute my... Yeah, all right, so we will hold it inside the building. Yeah, I'm allowed. I'll, I'm fine point. with that. Well, because it could be that the, you know, the two groups will meet out the front, and then you and the two leaders will step inside to discuss. Yes, so I will, I will set up a table inside. Uh, I am inviting Saffron and Ozair, uh, and I would also like to go talk to the cons in the morning. All right. Do you take uh, any of these two, these two with you, or anyone else? Um, not this time. I well, no. I bring Nipperkin with me. All right. So, um, as you're walking towards them, you see a lot of um, <laughs> you see a lot of uh, hunters. Uh, sort of making signs of reverence towards you. You've never been too popular with the hunters, but this seems like most of them are sort of standing by you. Uh, you even see one of Bean's militiamen sort of make note. So that's the manifestation of your growth. Um, and it also helps explain why your people are no longer starving. Oh, yeah, I was going to... Well, one of the things I wanted to talk to them about was uh, the food. Mm. Well, you can talk to your people. Oh, you're going to talk to the cons about that. The cons, yeah. That's fine. Uh, so, you greet the cons on the barge. You know, there's a lot of people milling around. They're all very anxious. You step inside and you see... Um, you see... Uh, one of um, the few people uh, that does work in cloth. Um, someone is making uh, an outfit for Holland. They're refining stuff using the cloth that Holland or in garments uh, Holland already has, and they're like you know fixing things and removing patches. And fixing the clothing properly and basically spending an exorbitant amount of resources to make the yeah. clothing look nice. Uh, whereas normally Holland's a very practical dresser. It'll be like, I don't care if the patch on this jacket matches, just close the hole so I don't freeze to death in winter. Makes sense. So they're standing around um, choosing his clothing, basically, as you're shown is, into is the cabin. Is he still all wrapped in bandages? Uh, he sort of has um, a... sort of some, similar to, like, a robe. 
on, uh, and you, he has like some gloves, and you see a sort of a um, hat with a veil hanging around it. You can make okay. out some of his features underneath. Hmm. Um, if you want, you can tell me a rumor about why Holland is covered up. Uh, rumor has it that he has he uh, because he spent so much time growing up in the dam, he is allergic to sunlight and it it hurts him. All right, I'm adding that to the list. I mean, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't actually be because I mean that's a real thing, but yeah, indeed, that allergic to sunlight is not caused by time exactly. Spent away from but I mean. Fuck, what do we know? So, he spent okay. so much time in the dam, he's allergic to sunlight now. Yeah, whereas it's more likely, if that was the case, that he spent so much time in the dam because he's allergic to sunlight. Right, yeah. It just happened to be convenient that it would yeah. not be strange for someone to just live inside the dam and never leave. Yeah, um, so, uh, Ayazama walks in and bows to... I'm assuming Pacific is there, too? Uh, she's in the back bedroom part, uh, sort of looking out, watching everything going on here and making advice and stuff like that. Basically, it helps to have an eye further away when picking clothing because sometimes yeah. something doesn't look right from far away. Uh, so Aizama uh, bows to both of them. It's good to see you two and glad to see that you're recovering well, Pacifica. Yes, um, thank you, Ayazama, says Pacifica. Holland just sort of nods to you. I'm sorry to have put you in this position, but it seemed the best way to avoid a war. Yes, well, it's good that you were able to call some kind of meeting between the two. Uh, tell me, what exactly do you have planned? Are you going to guide terms? And what terms are you looking for? How are we... First, we need to explain to them what happened. You convince them of Saffron's supposed innocence. I guess it serves well, our narrative if they are innocent. It would have been better if we had been, if we had been, if we had been able to catch this Gene fellow. But I think without him, we might still be able to present evidence. I do have Babylon, who can testify to working with him. And do you think you will be able to make her do such a thing if it is true? To testify against Gene if she's willing to betray. Uh, this community for him. Perhaps she's not willing to give him up. Uh, who says that? Was that Holland or Pacifica? Uh, that was Pacifica. Uh, I, I stare across uh, the room at her uh, and say, well, Babylon was not the only one who was willing to give up this community to Jean. I'm sure that she can be persuaded to see the light. Very well. Uh, Holland uh, turns to and says, What kind of a peace offering do you think we should make? 
well, the pragmatist in me says that, well, saffron is the obvious choice, but I do not wish to sell out one of our community members. Perhaps I, I know that uh, Finer Sasha was trying to strike some sort of deal with Saffron before she was murdered. I, I don't know the details, uh, but when I was at the theater, I saw the two of them talking and overheard a little as I walked past. Perhaps we can offer them uh, something along those lines. If they're, we can give them shelter when they are down here harvesting. No reason for them to spend every day in the verdant. There are quite a few dangers there. Hmm. I'm not sure. Such a thing will appease them, but I'll take it under advisement. Uh, Holland turns and says, if you can find the details of this business arrangement, then that might be useful to our negotiating position. I shall talk to Saffron. Also, I wanted to ask the two of you about the recent food shortage. Yes, the Pacifica speaks now. The hunters have uh, been falling behind on their quotas. Some of their best party leaders have joined up with Bean. Not to mention mm. that, for some reason, the fish stocks have been low. Uh, and we seem to have been burning through the reserves from last year's trading with the burners a bit faster than usual. We're already running dangerously low on fuel. Well, no doubt the burners could try to hold that over our heads during negotiation, but either people are hoarding food, eating more, or there are more people. Hmm. Perhaps, or food could have spoiled. Hmm, well, spoiled food could have been the work of someone who wanted to create desperation. I have a question for all of you. Does the community have some kind of centralized food store? And if so, who controls it? If not, how is your food stocks measured? If it's like decentralized or something, how do you keep track of food? Um, I mean, we're not a huge community. We're like 100 to 200 people strong. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the centralized system makes sense. What about you guys? Yeah, at least at least as a as a backup, if people. Uh, if people's fishing isn't, you know, if if, if the fish stocks are, are running low, as, as uh, Raymond said they were, it would make sense to have a reserve that, you know, yeah. could be disseminated throughout the population. That's probably what part of the, the work cards are for. Like, you could turn them in at the, the food stock for, you know, one food card, you know, one work card is equal to X pounds of fish or meat or whatever. Hmm. 
And so who controls that? Uh, hmm. That would probably be a character we haven't named yet. Probably. How about we call them uh, Porter? Porter. It's one of the names on my sheet. Hmm. Uh, they sound like a foreigner to me, considering that they don't have a. Oh yeah, no, it would. Yeah, you're right. It would never be a foreigner then. Uh, Which I mean, about... it's fine if you want them to be a foreigner. I don't have a problem with that. It's just yeah, they're not someone from the. They weren't someone born in the community with a name like that. Yeah, I don't think they would have allowed someone not born of the community to be in charge of the food. I mean, Ozair is born of the community and has a weird name. That's true. Exactly. What if it's uh? Do we have a deer yet? No, we do not have a deer. Okay, D E D E E R E for the tractor company. Johnny Deer. <laughs> or Joanna Deer. Either one, I'm happy with. Leave that up to you. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. <laughs> All right, I take it back. No, you can choose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And is she... I'm going to make it a woman because I'm always about adding more women. Um, does Joanna Deer... Uh, how would you describe the way she manages the food store? Miserly. Miserly. You'll have to explain that word. I've heard it before. I don't know what it means. She's a. Uh, she's very. She's very cheap. She's uh, not not uh, too thrilled to let the food go. Okay. Even so though even, even though you even though she knows she has to, okay. so she would be like, uh, if you if you come in, you get exactly as much as your food cart is worth. Like she will take out individual okay. grains of rice. To make yes. sure the weights is equal. All right. So it's probably not that food's gone missing, <laughs> or that it's being hoarded by her. And where is the food store located? Is it a ship, or is it part of the dam somewhere? Or I think a long time it used to be a ship, but then they made the correct decision of putting it in the dam after the ship sank and ruined all the food. <laughs> yeah, they haven't had that problem mm. in a while. No. Um, what part of the dam is it? I mean, the... In the cafeteria. I believe the cafeteria oh. is, uh, has been converted into holding cells and a communal space. Mm. Why not the break room? Why not the... Probably something towards the top, so that way it's easily accessible to the dammers and the, the mers. Yeah, it makes sense. One of the towers. Mm. Mm. Uh, Maybe there's a tower in the center of the dam. Yeah, so the main structure of the dam, where, like, Ethan's building, Ethan's home is and stuff like that. Okay, so it's yeah. over there. It's the... All right, so it's, like, probably an old converted conference room or something that they've turned into a grain store, food store. It's, like, full of shells and stuff like that, and they've... 
you know, converted. They've got there's a smokehouse out on the edge of the dam wall where all the fish is cured, and then they cart that in. Yeah. So, all right. Nothing like some smoked whatever it is we pull out of that lake. Uh, so, cons say to you, well, if you feel you need to, you could talk to Deer about it, but um, I, I, I think that food shortages are just going to be the nature of the beast for the foreseeable future. We can't really expand while we're under siege. And we don't have no. anything more to trade at this point. All the more reason we should work on making peace with the the burners. Really, because Holland was just going to shoot them the minute they were alone. That was Holland's plan. Is that was that in character? No, it's not. Okay. Well, maybe. So Maybe you was, hear the design, the the clothing designer mumble something about, oh yeah, just shoot them, shoot them all, and shoot them all, and let the source sort them out. <laughs> no, because if it was if it was Pacifica again, I was going to give her some more back talk. Yeah, more like more backhand. Boom. Where you guys play. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, all right. Well, I shall speak to uh, Saffron and let you know. What we can, what I can, when you arrive, and please don't be late. It would not be a good start to negotiations. All right. So, do the rest of you make any preparations? Um, I go find a moment to find both saffron. And Ayazama. All right. When they're um, together as friends. Ayazama right. is heading to Saffron, so that works. All right. Uh, Saffron, are you doing anything this morning to make preparation? Um. Hmm. Saffron isn't saying anything to anyone about this. Um, I feel like I feel like his paranoia, like he he doesn't want to make preparations because he's he is banging on the fact that nothing is going to happen. Kind of a stupid way to be, but all right. He doesn't. He doesn't trust any of his people enough to like make to... arrangements for the worst. Do you want to talk to your mask about this? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think maybe I will. That'll that'll be the first uh, the first time. You're sort of pondering alone, paranoid as shit. Don't trust any of them. Saffron sort of takes off his mask and sets it down, and you know looks at himself in the mirror and says, what are you going to do? Then his gaze drifts down to, to the mask, staring, you know, empty-eyed back up at him. And Does the mask just 
talk. You don't have to make a roll. It's just well. Know. Here, here is what the uh, what the move says. Um, here it is. Um, you seek advice of your mask. Roll plus weird to see what it directs you to do. On a ten plus, mark experience and take plus one forward. If you do as your mask wishes, on a seven to nine, take plus one. If you do what it wants and act under fire, if you don't, on a miss, it has its own agenda and you act under fire if you don't follow it. All right. So you uh, you said you uh, you said into the mirror, what am I going to do? And then you sort of look down at your mask, right? Yeah. Your mask's sort of, it's almost like it's its face. It's almost like somebody just sort of uh, waking up, uh, like they've been startled uh, after, an, after an ancient sleep. And you sort of see the mouth on your mask stretch open, and it says, perhaps you need to speak to an outsider. Outsider, like, like who? Someone from elsewhere may know more about what you are seeking, uh, or what you hope to gain moving forward. You are a stranger in these lands, after all. These are not your real people. All right. Let me see if I can make that roll now. Make her the roll. Let me see if it... I'm at plus zero. So... Oh, good. I rolled a five. What happens on a miss? Um, it has its own agenda. And if I, don't, if I don't do what it wants, then it will... Uh, I have to act under fire. All right. Perhaps you should send word to your forebears. They've already tried to reach out to you. I think it's your only course. These people are either going to throw you to the wolves, so to speak, or they're going to execute you outright. You should flee. You should take wing. See if they'll welcome you back. Although I understand if you're apprehensive, perhaps you should make the request first. See if they have more room in hell. So it wants you to contact the Yellowkin. All right. Um, in that case, I guess I will use my move, uh, fingers in every pie. Put out the word that you want a thing. Could be a person. Could be something. Something. Could even be just a thing. I I want to I want to talk to someone who's a Yellowkin. All right. And then I roll plus hot. <laughs>
and that is a 10 and a mark XP all right um, so who on a 10 who do you tell first to get this chain flowing um, I'm gonna go to I'm going to go to Yen, the bartender, because he's always out, um, you know, working the crowd, so he knows who comes, who might know someone, who might actually be a yellowkin. He kind of seems shocked, but is like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll ask around. Um, we're just making, we're heading over to the dam to get a... Uh, Get some essentials, so I guess I can talk to talk to some of the workers there. You might want to get ready for that meeting, though, boss. Right? Aren't you? Don't you need to go? Yes. You, don't you, you worry like, about me. I'm I'm getting ready as best I can. Just you just do look this like for you just me. got out of bed. That's all. I'll freshen up. So on a ten plus, what happens with your role? Um, it shows up at your establishment for you like magic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, what have I done? So, I assume that you have some kind of bath or shower. Um, sure. As you step out, uh, is it a bath or a shower? Shower. All right, so you step out of a, you know, a shower, pretty cold shower, you know, lukewarm, uh, and stare, sitting on your floor, cross-legged, uh, in a sort of yellow half robe, um, sort of a, goes over one sash. It's not a, uh, over one shoulder. It's not a toga. It's like a sash. And then there's a belt around the middle, so it looks like a skirt at the bottom, but it's got this sash going over the shoulder, so one breast is bare. Is a uh, rather flat-chested woman, but you can tell that it is, well, at the very least, someone with uh, breasts. Um, sitting there with a sort of a... Looks like a gas mask that's been cut apart and painted to try and make it look more decorative. The cloth is stained uh, black and yellow uh, and there's a bit of and with soot uh, and the mask is immaculately well kept and it's strapped tight to the head and you see stained straw yellow hair uh, coming out the back. It's sort of knotted in places, it's, you know, it's like uh, hippie dreadlocks, you know, there's, you know, bits that are sort of straight in it, but then there's like knotted dread parts, and there's little bits and pieces stuck in there, and they're just sitting there cross-legged, hands in lap, staring at your, at you as you step out. I, oh, oh. Oh fuck! I wasn't expecting someone so so quickly. And they nod slowly at you. 
Um, Saffron sort of hesitantly approaches this person and um, sits cross-legged on the floor opposite her and, and says... Not many people know it, but my parents came here from the sulfur mines. She points towards her eye and then where her nose would be under the mask and then at herself. The point, I guess, I'm trying to make is that these these people I live among, they are, they are not my people. I worry they do not have my best interests at heart. She points at her eye and her nose and then taps her head and then points at herself. So then the question that I have... Would I be would I be welcome to return? She stares at you for an impossibly long time. You you worry that something's wrong as it just sort of drags out and then she puts two hands open palm in front of you, closes them into fists, puts them behind her back, then puts her hands out in front of you, fists still closed, and she just holds them, waiting. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I am going to read a person. Read a person. I get a nine. Nice. All right. So, in the case of a nine, I get to ask one question. Um, I know what she wants me. I know. I know what she wants me to do. Um, do you? Uh, I'm guessing she wants me to pick a fist. I'm going to read off the description of the burners, of the yellowkin. <clears throat> they keep to themselves, except when they don't. They're peaceful, except when they're not. Their motivations are strange. Um, what does your character wish I would do? She wishes you would make a choice. Any choice. Alright. I'm going to choose the left one. My left, not hers. Yeah, so her right then. Her right. 
she opens her right hand and you see a marking on her hand that wasn't there before. It's sort of a glowing yellow, like it uh, maybe fluorescent yellow. It's not emitting light, but it feels like it is. Um, I I look at her expectantly because I have no idea what the hell is going on here. She puts her hands down in her lap after waiting, and then she sort of cocks her head slightly to one side and then straightens it. She continues to stare at you, and then she points towards her mouth, and then towards her ear, and then at you, and sort of, she's, her hand is sort of open and flat towards your chest, and then she sort of moves up and lightly touches your chin, and drags her fingers back towards herself. All of her movements look very deliberate, like they've been planned out for hours and rehearsed. Okay. So she she gestured to her mouth, her ear. Mm-hmm. So she wants me to tell her something. And then she wants me to go with it. I say, you, you want me to go with you. She points towards your mouth and her ears and then sort of... But I have to tell you. And then she I... sort of closes her hand. Uh, she lifts up her other hand and closes it around your uh, mouth and around her ear and then sort of moves her hands together and gestures towards the east with them both. Yes. I want to go with you. She sort of shakes her head slightly. No. Can I can I read a person again? I don't know if that's permissible in the same scene. Um Try uh, it depends. How are you reading her? Before you were just sort of, you know, Having a crack. Now you have to do something specific to try and read her. Um, hmm. I am going to... Oh hell. I guess I might as well open my brain. See what the see what the psychic maelstrom gives me. <laughs> I don't know. Um No, I, I understand your confusion. Go yeah, I'm 
I'm trying to I'm trying to parse what she's trying to trying to tell me. Well, uh, it's it's homemade sign language, so I'm not surprised it's difficult. Yeah. Um I guess maybe maybe uh would it would it be possible to read her in the sense of um if you put two people in the same room who don't speak the same language with enough time, they'll learn a little bit from each other, you know, like what, what objects are and, you know, they'll, they'll learn to communicate, uh, in a very rudimentary way. Sort of attempt, you know, random communication. You're going to power through it and be like, and just keep trying to suggest what they mean. Right. And you try and avoid the frustration. Yeah, I'll allow you to roll read a person again with that. That way we don't have to play that out, because that would get very frustrating, I think. Mm. Um, that is a 10. All right, ask your, quest- ask your questions. All right. Um, what, does she, what does she wish I would do? She wishes you would give her a part of yourself so that it can be returned. Do I know which part? Oh. Um, And I will flat out ask her, which part do you need? She gestures to you. And it, no specific part. <sighs> I'm going to regret this. I, I take out my scissors and I hold them out to her, um, handles first, and I just sort of shrug. I don't, I don't care. She gets to pick. She looks at the scissors and at you. Do you have any... Do you want to spend any more of your... Um, what is she really feeling? She is feeling a strong pull away from what she's been doing this scene. She's feeling like... She has been too consistent. She has been stable too long. She must change. And you have put means of change in front of her. You see her stand up, sort of hold the scissors. And at first she's holding them sort of with a sort of a distance. And then her grip sort of tightens around them. She holds them in a lot more menacingly as she looks at you. And it doesn't look, you can't really make out her eyes, but it's only the arm that looks aggressive. The rest of her just looks sort of curious. Okay. And the last question, uh, what does she intend to do? I think I already know. She intends to take a story from you. 
and she sort of reaches out and strokes your head and sort of runs her hand through your hair, her free hand. And then she does it again, and this time she grabs your hair as it nears the back of your head. How long is your hair? Um, I would say probably long-ish for, for a man, but on the shorter side. Like mine as opposed to your own. Yeah. She grabs your hair and sort of jerks your head backwards and pull, and you're still sitting, and she pulls your neck up tight, and she puts the uh, scissors against uh, where your jawbone meets your neck, and she just sort of presses the blade against it. Um, incredibly hard. You can feel the sting of the skin splitting just from the pressure of it being pushed against you. And she stares at you for a moment and then pulls the blade away and you s and she flips the scissors over in her hands and jams them down into your shoulder. Um, really close to where the shoulder becomes the upper arm and it sort of slots the scissors in under the flesh uh, but grazes the bone uh, at the top of the shoulder but mostly then the scissors have gone into meat take a harm and then roll harm okay do you want me to take the harm of my scissors or just a harm a harm. I don't okay. want you to die. It's not going to kill me, but let's see. Here we go. Should really keep my mouth shut there. Well, it was a difficult situation. There was a lot of different ways that scene could go on. Yeah. Oh, good. I rolled a 12. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what happened? What do I need to do on a 12? All right, on the 10+, the MC can choose one. You're out of action, unconscious, trapped, incoherent, or panicked. Uh, it's worse than it seemed. Take an additional one harm. Or you can choose two from the 7 to 9 list. You're trapped. You realize that this person is between you and the door. Uh, you f feel paralyzed with fear. And now with the, the hand, one hand still holding your head, with the hand that was previously holding the scissors, she pulls up the mask. You know this face. You don't know where, but you've seen it before. It's like a haunting image. This is a woman with eyes that are youthful, but a face that is old, or maybe it's the other way around. You can't really tell how old this person is. And they look at you and they say, tell me a story so that I may take it to Carcosa. All right. Um... I'm going to tell her the story of my my trip to the other side of the lake with um, with Ozair. Are you going to tell it word for word? Are you going to tell it the way that we know it, or are you going to tell it like in the style of some other kind of narrative? Uh, are you going to embellish it all? 
Um, I think Saffron... Saffron would probably embellish it a bit. All right. Um, well, then you will have to tell me the story. Oh, goodness. Um, I don't mind if you forget details. You know, I'm looking for three or four sentences here. Yeah. Um, hmm. Obviously more if you want to tell more. Just, yeah, you know, at least three or four sentences. You could tell it in the form of, like, a courageous poem. You know, like, brave and daring young warriors traveled to a distant shore seeking a promised treasure, a prisoner bound. I, like I do, I do like that. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to, um, I'm gonna say, um, hmm. uh, once upon a time there was a, a wise wizard and a clever bard, and they traveled across the ocean to retrieve a prisoner um, from the land across the sea, so that they might avenge themselves upon him. Um, they found themselves alone on the distant shore with all hope of escape removed. Um, they, they wandered aimlessly um, for, for a long time um, seeking, their, seeking their quarry in um, the great vacant buildings that were there, the, the wizard was trapped, but the bard used his trickery to get the better of the guards, and they escaped with the man, and uh, many treasures, and also forbidden knowledge. Um, they had to fight their way, they had to fight their way through a hostile kingdom in order to return home. Um, and, and when they uh, did, and she pulls the scissors out of your arm and starts dragging the blade down the side of your face, and she says, "And what was their reward when they returned home? What were they given for their troubles?" Vengeance and turmoil. And she lifts the blade off you and lets go of your hands. Uh, let, let's go of your head. And says, this story will do. And she picks up the mask and puts it back on. Straightens the robes. What do you do? Um, I hold out my hand for the scissors. She dropped them. Oh, she dropped them. Okay. Yeah, they probably stick into the ground or something. Well, I have a feeling that uh, this this story that I've told you it's it's part of me and maybe it will live on somewhere else. I look at her like kind of hopeful. She nods at what you say and then takes a step towards the door 
turns and looks back at you. She points at you and then sh uh, sort of shakes her hand, sort of like um like slicing through the air. Okay. Sort of as if to say no. She points at you. You does that no motion with her hand as she pull and then pulls towards her and points off in the distance. And then she points to herself and then sort of makes a gesture across her chest. You're not quite sure what it means. And then points to you. And then sort of closes her fist and points to you with it and makes a few gestures towards you with it. And then sort of puts a, a flat hand on her heart and then moves towards the door. Okay. I am going to let her go because that was batshit and I am terrified. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the yellow kid. Haven't seen them in a while. Only in your dreams. <laughs> That's why you don't talk to masks, Ryan. You were so excited, though. How can I not I know. That? How good was that? All right. So, you know, uh, people are still putting out the word that you need to see a yellow kid. That's <laughs> this figure disappears from your boat. Um, and then, uh, probably, that's probably about when, uh, Ozer and Ayazama arrive, uh, to come see you, Saffron. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, so you, you find Saffron, um, Probably a few minutes after this. Yeah, bandaging himself. Oh, is, is everything alright, Saffron? Oh. <sighs> no, but it hasn't been for quite some time. I'll, I'll live. Right. Well, uh, we wanted to talk to you before the meeting later. Well, my door is always open to you, Canteen, and to you, Ozer. What do you have to say? I was wondering about the details of your, um, well, Holland was also wondering about the details of your arrangement that you had made with Finer Sasha. I overheard the two of you talking briefly at the show the other nights. I, I just heard some mention of an arrangement. Uh, Holland thinks it could be useful in the negotiations with the Burners. Finer Sasha was trying to arrange. Uh, just, just remind me. It was an end of season or like a weekly type of. Um, yeah, I think it was like weekly seats for her people in exchange for. Uh, at the end of the season, you would get more fuel or something, yeah. and food during the during the season. That sounds right. I forgot to make a note of that. Um, yeah, I. I Tell Ayazama, you know the details of the of the arrangement. She was she was trying to get seats at the at the theater for her for her group um, during the during the summer season. Hmm. Seems innocent enough and pragmatic. 
Oh, I shall let Holland know. Ozaire looks at the both of you. Silent for a moment. Um, she kind of sighs and says, I think they're almost ready. Who? The Mountaineers. Ready for what? Ready to enact whatever their plan is. Well, the burners are already at our doors, only waiting for an excuse to burn them down. I'd say their plan is going off rather well. That's why you, Canteen, and you, Saffron, have to convince them to some temporary temporary combative alliance. That we team up with the Burners to fight the Mountaineers. Yes. To wipe the Mountaineers out of existence. There's a there is a saying in one of the, the books of the canteen, the enemy of my enemy, someone I could team up with to murder my enemy. Exactly. <laughs> you know Whoa dude, Mr. Ayazama is my father. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just the writer in me, but I feel like there's a more succinct way to put that. I don't question the wisdom of the el of the elders. Except when you do. <laughs> Except when it involves sleeping with the cons. I don't I don't question the 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 wisdom of the book of the canteen. Hmm. I thought I had the title written down. I forgot. Anyway, um, that is not a bad idea, Ozair. I shall see if it, if I can bring it up to them. It I also not, have to go. It is imperative, Canteen. If you do not do this, we are dead. Very well. Perhaps you should come with us and wait outside. Wouldn't hurt to have another friendly face there. She looks at you and shakes her head and then looks at Saffron and says, I'm going somewhere. And I Where? will not come. What the fuck? Where are you going? What could possibly be more important right now? I am going to attempt to disrupt the Mountaineers' operations. By yourself? She gets a kind of... not psychotic grin, but... 
a kind of large, toothy grin, and she says, I have an idea. Oh. Okay. I feel like I'm not going to press you on that. So, best of luck. I was there. May the source guide you. Well, if I May die, the source be with you. And perhaps you with find you. my body and bring me back to life like you did that damn bitch. Oh, depending how close you are. Eh, I could certainly try. Although, with the state that the aquifer is in right now, I don't think that would be possible. Maybe it'll like me better than it liked her. Possibly. Although, if you're going to mess up the uh, mountaineers, perhaps you can see if they've done anything to the aquifer while you're there. Mmm, yes. <laughs> Before you go, and I think I know the answer to this question, but I am the canteen, so I must ask, would you like to pray? She looks at you and then says... It's not going to hurt. Oh. Well. Uh, Canteen Ayazama is slightly taken aback, but smiles. And Saffron, would you care to join us? Of course. Well. Okay, then. Uh, Canteen Ayazama kneels and pulls out one of pulls one of the small vials off his chain and says this is one of the only uh, this is some of the small remaining purified source water that we have uh, and then I'm going to would this count as leading a group in true ceremony even though it's just three people I will allow it alright so I'm going to lead a group in true ceremony I'm going to pray uh, for the success of whatever secret mission Ozair is going on, uh, and for the success of our peace talks, that we can avoid a war with. Hopefully, we will be able to avoid avoid a war with the burners. And I rolled a seven, so I didn't miss. Uh, how about? Anyone lost is reassured. It seems appropriate, given what just happened with uh, Saffron. All right. You don't have anything in, in your little book of prayers about about healing, do you? Because I'm pretty fucking hurt. Uh, not not physical healing. Just oh, sick. well. Well, okay. I, I, I guess I would leave that up to uh, the MC. Oh, anyone injured is healed. I do okay. actually. No, no, don't, don't worry about it. You can you no, can go with the You're healed. Thing. Boom. Miracle. To be to be honest, I suspect that the first one will be of more use to Ryan, but uh Yeah. Look, go ahead. Let let me let me stay hurt. I ha I right. have an I have an idea. Well, then in that case, anyone lost is reassured. Yeah. Taking all um, my miracles away. 
Haven't you done enough miracles? There's no such thing. So after after the ceremony ends, um, Saffron takes Ozair's hands. And and draws them into another kiss, if if she accepts. Mm. Ozair is tentative, but does it anyways. Oh, gross guys! I'm right here. And then after Saffron breaks the kiss, he says. Be careful. I'm back. Oh. And do me a favor. Take Doom with you. And then because I, uh, with the with the first uh, read a person from that last scene, mm-hmm. I got another improvement. I have six improvements already. Um, I'm going to make a gun lugger named Doom to go with you. <laughs> You're gonna make a new character? (laughs) 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 Boom. Nice. We're gonna destroy your plot, Raymond, with No more political apocalypse world. In the last run everybody changes to an action hero class. Hey, hey, I'm negotiating peace talks, bitch. (laughs) We get in the war buggy and fly out through the verdant. <laughs> get in, losers. We go. We're going hunting. <laughs> We're hunting mountaineers. Yeah, making movies, making songs, and fighting mountaineers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I got to get the. Um... That is quite. Gosh. <laughs> well done, um, Ryan. Solid maneuver. There is I was going to say do a scene without me, but I'm kind of in both plot lines. If you I'm are listening. literally in both plot lines. So is the... Make another character one. Is that retire this character and make another character? Or uh, no, that's no. a separate one. It's create a second character to play. I oh, think sweet. That's... I think that's so you can sort of play them both at the same time and, like, transition them. Or I guess if you just want to exit the game, you can, you know, just retire your character to safety. He's out. I'm out. Yeah. They Fuck this verdant. Were... I'm just going to go run back. Yeah. I'm just going to go back to running my sex bordello. They both or require you... you to create a new character, but the first one, retiring them, just makes the first character go away, and then you get a new character. But the other one's like, well, the G, the MC plays like 50 characters, so why can't a player play two? That's true. I don't see why you can't play two. If you're up for the challenge, go for it. Sure. I just need like a few <laughs> minutes to actually make Doom... Yeah, go for it. We're gonna so 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 Ozair is presumably gonna use a child thing move, um, and Saffron and Saffron's just getting Doom ready. 
Where where does Doom live? Yeah, who's who is Doom? And why have we never heard of Doom? I think Doom is a um, semi-reclusive. Yeah, he he doesn't. He doesn't come around much. Uh, Saffron, Saffron, he he saved Saffron's life once, and because of that, Saffron gave him one of those little cards that he keeps in his um, in his suit jacket. So he is allowed at the sex theater whenever he wants. Um, I love it. Also, can we spell his name D U M E? Um, well, the, the, uh, character sheet spells it D-O-O-M, so... Why don't we so. spell it D-U-Umlaut-M? Oh, even better. <laughs> All right, I'm D-U-Umlaut-M. Doom. Doom. You All want right. to German it up in here? I can German it up, but I'm not going to. Hello, Doom. It's pronounced Doom. Oh. What? You said two O's. I guess I did. <laughs> and he shoots you with his MG. Okay. I feel like if there's a fully automatic crossbow option, Brandon should take that. <laughs> There's a there's a machine gun option for the gun lugger. Full auto crossbow. Full auto. Machine oh for gun fuck's sake! To murder someone. Hang on, someone's calling me again. Ayazama, I want you to describe the. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Describe the meeting place. Um, as you can see, the burners beginning to shuffle. Shuffle out of the forest. Okay. Uh, I guess I, I will describe while our MC takes a phone call. So, the sun is high in the sky and beats down upon everyone. Now, that's really stupid. I'm sorry. So, the meeting place uh, is outside to the front steps of the, the, of the aquifer of the soul. So, it's uh, a little sandy there. There's always, I would imagine there's sand all over the place from people going to the, the lake shore and back all the time. Indeed. Uh, so, there's sand, uh, and it's an open space on the top of the dam, because uh, we said that the source is all the way on the far end. So, the, the burners have to walk through across the entire dam to get there, uh, but they will also have to pass uh, Holland boats on the way uh, so it's it's trust from both sides they have to trust us to walk all the way through our community to get there and we have to trust them to let them in and walk all the way through our community and see everything that we have except what's inside the dam uh, so the space itself uh, is is cleared there's just uh, maybe like 40 feet away from the door or the steps leading up to the aquifer, where there's just there's just nobody. You know, people there's people have stepped back, uh, and Ayazama is standing there in his robes with his hands folded, uh, and just waiting patiently for everyone to arrive. Okay, so 
Have I unmuted my microphone, first of all? Yes. So the burners are moving forward, and a bunch of them are sort of hanging on the edge of the group. They're in these... A lot of them are just in their normal workers' clothing. They've got um, Saddington and uh, two uh, others around him are unarmed. The rest of the burners, no. Mm-mm. We're not unarmed because, you know, you only need the two people that are meeting to be unarmed. Yep. So, um, Saddington's... Uh, all the other burners have, you know, um, little hatchets and things in their hands. Some have, you know, fire axes. Well, not fire axes, like woodsman's axes. Sorry. Uh, and you can see, um, you know, one of them's got like a woodsman's axe with a knife tied to the bottom of the handle. Ooh, so that pinch, they can like use it as a spear to lunge at someone. You know, another, uh, someone else ha- you can see has a, uh, ch- has some kind of chainsaw. They're walking forward, and there's a flamethrower attached to the bottom of the chainsaw. And on their back is a fuel tank that feeds the chainsaw and the flamer. Um, there's two or three of those people. They seem to be like heavy brush clearers. Who've gone, right, we're going to war. I don't need to change anything. <laughs> uh, you see those, you know, um, foragers that you saw last night with the ghillie suit come workers' revolt. Uh, people with, you know, little hand flamers and knives and everyone has all their tree-climbing gear on. So there's a lot of them that came. Yeah, there's like, um, you think that this is most of the adult members of the burner community. There are 80 people here. They probably left maybe 20 adults at one of the oasises to mine the mm-hmm. One of the orchards, sorry. Right. They call them orchards. The orchards are where their people grow because you te- the crop you're truly tending is the people themselves. Won't somebody think of the children? Won't somebody think of the orchard? <laughs> the children are the fruit of the future. Yes. Uh, so is Holland with me, or is he still coming? You see Holland and Pacifica step off their boat, which has been lashed to the docks, flanked by uh, spearmen. And you see two uh, two gentlemen with uh, submachine guns as well, uh, and they step aside. And then the tall, the large woman that is often by Holland's side steps forward, uh, and you see her unstrap a uh, gun and a little hand crossbow from her waist. And she sort of hands it to someone, and then she pulls a knife out of her sleeve and hands it to them, and then steps forward. And it would appear that Holland and this person are going in. Pacifica kisses their partner on the chest, and a chest on the cheek. <laughs> uh, and, and Holland's sort of wearing something that's sort of like, um, I would describe it as like a, 
Middle Eastern slash Northern African uh, desert robe. I can't remember what the specific name for those things are called. Got so, so, sort of like that kind of airy robe with like a belt, a sash belt. Yes, and he's got uh, something uh, wrapped around his uh, mouth, but his eyes are free. Um, and his head, uh, he has uh, something coming over it. So you can only really see his eyes and the top of his nose and a little bit of his forehead. Uh, and he steps forward um, with his second, and Saddington appears to be a middle-aged uh, woman. Uh, Lee Rowan stands next to them as Lee Rowan is... A uh, pretty strange picture with none of his climbing gear or anything on. And you see the woman from yesterday standing there. The woman that looks a lot like Sasha, but a little bit younger. What was her name again? That's a good question. I can't remember what I called her. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have the NPCs, Doc. Brandon posted at the top of the chat, I'm pretty sure. Did he? I thought that was the, uh, the moves. No. Oh, damn oh. it, the moves! Damn it, Brandon! Damn it, Brandon, what are you even here for? Oh, there it is. But that doesn't mean that we put her name in here. It does not, but there's a good... There's a better chance then of just me remembering it. No. Burner! Nope. That's not in here. Saddington! Yeah, no, we put Saddington, we didn't put the other one. Hmm. Damn. I don't remember what we called... Oh, Mida. Her name's Mida. Mida? Mida. Like Mida Saw, except it's okay. actually Mida 10, which is a hardware store in Australia. Finer Sasha's younger sister. There we go. Now we won't forget. Uh, so, Ayazama walks up to the, the Burner delegation uh, and uh, extends his hand to Paddington uh, in a handshake. Paddington, which is a bear. God damn it. Saddington. 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 He extends his hand to Saddington in a handshake. She uh, puts her hand out and grips it real tight and gives it a good firm shake. Uh, they Thank seem you. to be wearing like um, spring. They're wearing like a singlet. Mm -hmm. um, with uh, some kind of loose-fitting jacket over the top and some something analogous to jeans uh, and some heavy boots. You know, these people mm -hmm. did not dress up for this occasion. That's fine. You guys did. <laughs> well, I'm wearing my uh, usual sort of, robe. He sort of the jacket sort of draped over his shoulders because uh, it's a bit warm out there in the verdant. Uh, yeah. Shakes your hand real solid. Says, "I'm hoping uh, that we can solve this problem. Uh, we have some grievances, uh, but to show you that we're serious about uh, these peace talks uh, and this conflict resolution, we have brought a uh, gift of peace." Uh, and he sort of gestures backwards towards the group, and two, uh, four large men step forward, um, carrying uh, two crates, uh, sort of large wooden boxes, 
they put the first rectangular box down and open the lid, and it's full of various fruits and things harvest from the verdant. Uh, and then the other box is put down and opened up, and it is full of just salvaged things. You see, like... Uh, stacks of plastic cups. You see some old metal license plates, which you guys use as currency, so that's amazing that they've brought that stuff in. You haven't had new currency injected in a while. Yep. You see, um, you see a few little lights and light bulbs and things. You see uh, nice wiring, uh, some bolts of cloth, that they must have salvaged from somewhere. Um, it's kind of amazing. Um, I, uh, Ayazama bows and says, Saddington, I thank you for the gifts you brought and for the spirit in which they were presented. Uh, and then I turn and look expectantly, expectantly at Holland. Holland uh, whispers something to... The person standing next to them, and then the large bodyguard woman turns back and nods at some men. They step forward, and they place um, a very familiar object to uh, Ozer and Saffron. They place a large crate-looking thing that has some markings on it that suggest uh, that it is components for a weapon. And they say... Uh, and Holland says, this is an ancient device uh, that we recovered from the Verdant. Uh, we know not its true purpose, but we believe it a weapon uh, or component to one. As a sign of peace, we would like to offer it to you. Uh, Ayazama I, I, again bows to Holland and says, thank you, Holland, for your gift and the spirit in which it was presented. Uh, do you usher them inside? I do. Now, Ozer and Doom, you guys are not going to be at this meeting, are you? Oh, Saffron at the meeting? Saffron... Saffron, yes. I, I have just finished detailing Doom, so I'm ready right. to jump back into this. All right, so Saffron's there. So I, I would just say in terms of the way the meeting would work, uh, Saffron wouldn't be allowed in initially until someone says, hey, we should hear what Saffron has to say. All right. If that's, if that's okay with you guys. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's fine by me. Alright, so you lead these people inside. As as we walk in, because uh, we said there's the foyer with the little cubbies, mm -hmm. I point out. So who? So it's uh, it's Holland, his tall lady, uh, Sadding, Saddington, and Lee Rowan. Lee Rowan and Mida. And Mida. Okay. Um. So as as we uh, as we walk in, I point to the cubby, and I say, please. Just note that when we go inside, everyone will be subjected to the rules of the aquifer of the soul. And I point to the sign that says, surrender your firearms, don't touch what isn't yours, leave your grudges outside, and do no violence and no intentional harm. 
Um, you see none of them are empty weapons or anything. Uh, you do see uh, Saddington kick off his boots. Uh, her boots, sorry. Uh, I... I smile at her. Uh, thank you all. It is in this way that we can keep everything civil. Uh, and I usher them into a table with seats for everyone. Uh, some of them even match the chairs. <gasps> Witchcraft. Yep. There's probably like two matching chairs. Uh, and it's a round table, so there's no there's no head of the table. All right. Yeah. Taking lessons from the first of the cons. Yep. Have a round table with a con either side. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, please take a seat. Uh. Setting to uh, says, "Where am I going to take it?" <laughs> uh, anyway, and then she sits down. Uh, yes. Well, before before we begin, I would just like to once again extend my condolences to Mitre. I saw you last night, but again, I am very sorry for your loss. Minor just sort of nods, setting says, right, so, let's get down to business, shall we? One of yours killed one of mine. Now, I understand that you say that didn't happen, that it was some outsider, but that's going to be kind of hard to prove. It comes to this. We need to make... Justice needs to be served... And if justice can't be served, and our differences cannot be settled that way, then perhaps this needs to be escalated further. You've seen what I can bring to the table. You see settings and sort of gesture outside. I thought we'd made peace between our two tribes, but clearly not. Uh, when one of our own... Uh, can be so brutally dismembered. Uh, just while while supposedly visiting one of your establishments. Uh, Saddington, um, do you have a, a title, or should I just call you Saddington? Saddington is my title and my name. Very well. If Leaders in our community do it to serve the people. Uh, we give up everything, our names and our families, in order to ensure that we put the community first. What have you had to sacrifice for your position Saddington sort of leans towards Holland, not knowing of Ozer's tragic backstory. Dun, dun, dun. Saddington, if, if I may ask, before 
before we delve into everything. I understand that your community recently suffered a larger tragedy. It was one of your orchards, I believe, was burned down. Yes, thankfully no lives were lost, but the uh, someone uh, raided the facility, confiscating fuel. But for the most part, it seemed to be uh, a denial attack meant to deprive us of materials and safety. At first, we thought it was the mountaineers. Or perhaps, you know, a rogue element within the Yellowkin. But now, well, what possibility did we have to suspect our friendliest neighbours until you assassinated one of our own? <laughs> does, that, does that not seem convenient? And, and I don't mean... It, it just seems... If, if there were a third party that wanted to instigate war between our two tribes, they attack you, destroy one of your orchards, they destroy one of your homes, and steal your materials. Then, when your people come here, they murder one and make it look like one of our people did it, knowing what your response would be, your very perfect and reasonable response. You march to us. Holland is talking, sort of whispering slightly to his bodyguard, and Mida whispers something to Saddington, who then says, Yes, I, I understand the narrative you're painting, but it would make just as much sense for you to steal our fuel, considering your current fuel shortages. Not to mention that the food stores that went missing from the orchard would also be well-placed here, where your people are lacking for food of late. Perhaps some splinter group within your community was not happy going without. But if we had stolen your food, that would have solved our food shortage. And yet, people are still starving in the streets. That is not necessarily true. Perhaps if they struck with a small force, they weren't able to carry away enough food. Perhaps this was a group acting only in their own interest, hoarding the salvaged food. There are just as many reasons for you to attack us as the Mountaineers. Uh, can I try to seduce or manipulate? Not seduce. I want to... Well, I, mean, I want to persuade. Yeah, manipulate. Yes. I'm going to roll, yeah. Uh, plus hot, right? Yeah. yeah. Alright, let's see what happens here. That is a six! Uh, I mark an improvement. No, I'm sure you do. Uh, Savington. It, it makes more sense for us to want to preserve the good nature between our two tribes. It's more uh, mutually beneficial than to steal food for a, a one-off eating binge. Unless you were looking for a reason to start a war. And what would we gain from a war? A show of strength, you know, 
get you on the side of the Mountaineers, who apparently you've been trading with. I saw those guns out there. No one has guns like that except for them. You don't see any of my people walking around with guns, do you? Well, Holland. I suspect that this is Holland speaking. I suspect that our fine guest, your fine guest, Aizama, will not be swayed by words alone. Perhaps we should invite in one of our witnesses, Ayazama. Would you wish for me to call in Saffron? Uh, he doesn't really mind which of the two you call in. It can be Saffron or Babylon. It's up to you. If you call in Babylon, you will have two characters to in this scene also. I'm oh, oh right, Babylon. Babylon. Right. Yeah, okay. Um... I, I'm not yeah, gonna re-roleplay another no, no, character no, no. in this. No, scene. that's fine. I forgot. I forgot who. I didn't realize who you were talking about with the yeah, yeah, second yeah. character as Babylon. Um, yeah, I'll start with Babylon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I I go outside. Uh, so Ayazama nods and says very well, uh, and stands up and walks outside, uh, and then a minute later returns with Babylon. So do you want to roleplay Babylon, or shall someone else? Because um, I'm not going to do it, because I yeah. don't want to roleplay six people in this scene. <laughs> Why not? Because then I can't have any of them talk to one another. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you, Brandon or Ryan want to play Babylon? Um, I could do it if uh, someone gives me, like, um, you know, like a modification of what... Uh... I forget well, how exactly you left things with her. She's sort of like, so before, uh, earlier on in the campaign, she was like Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, earlier Lady Macbeth. Now she's sort of, you know, um, a woman whose, pl whose plans have been revealed. Uh, you know, all of her scheming has been shone in the light, and all the people she thought were on her side were not. Um, now she's just scrambling to keep herself alive. She said that she was working with Gene um, because he promised her that well that the two that she and I would be uh, protected when basically the when the mountaineers took over. Yeah. Okay. That's what she. That's what she said. Yeah. Indeed. And you feel free to embellish as you will. I'll stop you if you say anything that is a little too far. But I trust your judgment. So Ayazama leads Babylon in and says to the table, This is Babylon. She worked and lived with me here at the Aquifer of the Soul. And it has recently come to light that she was working with this outsider named Jean one of the the 13th paratrooper to subvert our society um 
Lee Rowan and Mida are sort of talking to each other. They seem a bit confused. Um, Saddington doesn't really say anything. So, what, you've come to admit that you are working with the Mountaineers? That you, the one that called this meeting, is working with them? My advisors have told me that this uh, woman did more than live with you. Is this not your concubine? <sighs> she was. Yes, that she is. She was, Ryan. How does Babylon feel about that? We've lost some station. Yeah. Um. Hmm. She is, she is staying quiet for the moment. Um, you, you see her uh, digging her fingernails into the palms of her hand, though, almost hard enough to draw blood. Um, she is, you know, glaring daggers at you, Ayazama, because she did all this for you. We have a complicated relationship. But she is here to talk about Jean. Very well. So tell me about this boogeyman. And Ryan, feel free to use all of the strange conjecture you've heard. Hmm. He was watching us. All of us. He kept very careful notes. He knew just when to approach me, just how hard to press. And was it... You that mutilated our Sasha on his behalf? I assume that's the story you're going with. The one that you told Mida. She turns she turns to Ayazama and, and says You bastard, you told them that I did it? Uh no, we did not. We said that Gene did it. So he didn't act through Babylon as a proxy in this, just in manipulating you, another pillar of this community. I was the way that Gene got to the canteen. And you thought that this person would help you in the end, that he'd give you the keys to the kingdom when he took this place over. I thought that he would let us live. And that's all you wanted to live. If you know Gene and his reputation, then you would know that's enough. All I know is that the Mountaineers might as well be ghosts themselves at this point. And what is a ghost to a ghost? 
So. What I know is that this is exactly what Gene wants. He had me... He had me positioning the canteen, angling for power, playing both sides against the middle, and I encouraged him to do so. You see Holland look at you, Ayazama, and then looks to Babylon and says, It's true. She even manipulated the canteen into seducing my co-consul in an attempt to weaken our power base to drive a wedge between the two leaders and the two different modes of leadership in this community. Ayazama in many ways is like a third con to this place. That was not Babylon's idea. Damn it, man, you could have sold Babylon up the river. I know. <laughs> but the Khan does speak true. It was tumultuous times in our community. He knows the true true. Wait, who said that? No one. <laughs> Just oh. was quoting Cloud Atlas. <laughs> oh, okay. Our community has been tumult tumultuous, and the death of Finer Sasha was the capstone. We need to make peace for both of our sakes. You, if, if we go to war, we may win. You may win. Whomever comes out on top is going to be weakened to the point of almost extinction. And then what will be left? If we wipe you out, who will tend to the verdant and give us fuel? If you wipe us out... Where will you go for, where will you go to fix your tools and for the seafood and the meats that you need? Our two communities need each other. But if one of us gets wiped out, the Mountaineers and the Yellowkin benefit from the power vacuum that would be left behind. Can I, make, can I make another persuade roll or manipulate? Go for it. Yeah, come on, dice stream. Open up. There we go. Don't suck this time. That's another six. God damn it. They are not buying it. All right, all right, all right. So... What... Then, 
are we supposed to do about the obvious fact that your political system is unstable, your people are unstable, and breaking your own laws, murders in the streets, trouble right here in River City. Um, <laughs> you have traitors everywhere, people vying for power. There's no unity to your people. And, to make matters worse, it, this Saffron, this theatre leader, allowed this assassination of our own to happen under their nose. Regardless of whether they were working with uh, this gene figure, who I'm not convinced even exists, they still allowed this assassination to happen due to a lack of security or perhaps just gross negligence, perhaps on purpose. Perhaps they knew someone would come in eventually. I've heard enough from you, young lady, he says, turning to Babylon. Uh, she t says, turning to Babylon. I want to see Saffron. That's what we three came here for. Uh, Ayazama turns to Babylon and says, could you please send in Saffron? <clears throat> now, who wants to roleplay Saffron? Mm. <laughs> I will. Maybe, maybe we should have Brandon do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, okay. Ray, you play Saffron. I'll play uh, Saddington. And Ryan can play Holland. <laughs> <laughs> so Saffron comes in? Yeah. Um... Saffron uh, gives everyone assembled a, a curt nod and, and um, turns to the burners and says, I once again have to say how deeply sorry I am for your, for your loss. Finer Sasha was a fine, fine person. Yes, well... Thank you, I suppose. And Mita just sort of nods at you silently. While uh, Saffron's talking, I would like to read a person for uh, Saddington. Just to see like how they're reacting. God damn it! That's a five! You're not doing too well, are you? I guys hate you tonight. What happens on a five? Uh, let me double check for a read a person. Uh, on a miss, ask one anyway, but be prepared for the worst. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that for the end, but uh, I'll ask okay. one later. Okay. See how he reacts to Saffron first. Um, Saffron Saffron says, um, "I'm prepared to answer any questions you may have." Well, uh, 
I suppose we could start by you telling us why you cut off the skin from her hands. Ooh, tough room. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're operating from a, a bit of a uh, under a bit of a misconception here. I was not the one who murdered her. Right. I don't know who was. It was this ghostly frogman who climbed aboard the ship in the pitch of night. Well, so, we never told her it was a frogman. Rumors spread. <gasps> it was Saddington! No, I'm kidding. So the evidence would seem to suggest there was a, a symbol carved into the window outside of the room where they were found. And how do we know this evidence isn't doctored? That someone didn't make up this story to suit your ends? Perhaps you and your yellow kin siblings are oh. trying to drive a wedge between the people of this valley. Yes, I know of your corrupt past. She seems almost sickened by your presence. First of all, you assume that Finer Sasha being dead is one of my ends. She came to me with a trade deal. Um, seats at the theater for her people working the working the verdant later in the season in exchange for more fuel at the season's end. Now. If what you're saying is true, and I am a spy sent by the Yellowkin, I would have to have been placed here, oh gosh, let me see, decades ago. Yes, I, I came here when I was a boy. And I haven't had the greatest relationship with, uh, with my former clade mates, as you might call them. I spoke to one of them today, to be quite honest, and I've gestured to my bandaged and bleeding shoulder. You can see how well that turned out for me. And anyone who was at the opening performance will tell you that it's possible one of them tried to murder me. Oh, yes, I remember that. You know who also remembers that? Lee Rowan. Who was yes. there? He, do, he does whisper something to Paddington <coughs> about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that same role and, and try to convince them that I'm on the level. Do better than I did. 
I will try. Twice. Hot plus two. As in their heart is plus two. Your heart. Um, that's a ten. Nice job. Um, so yeah, on a ten plus, they go along with you unless uh, or until some fact or action betrays the reason you gave them. So yeah, I've I've been here all my life. Every kind of interaction I've had with the Yellowkin in the past has been terrible. There's no reason I would work with them. Excuse me. I'm just a businessman trying to make some some money in the post-apocalyptic future. I'm just a sex theater man trying to make some sex theater. I'm going right. to say that this like interrogation questioning goes on for a few hours. And then by the end of it, settings like Settington says, "All right, I don't know whether I believe you, but I can't prove that you're telling falsehoods." <sighs> Convince me that the Mountaineers are coming to wipe you out. And then convince me that I should care. Uh, can I use my read a person hold now? Go for it. My horrible read a person hold? Mm. Um, so what does your character... Uh, I guess... Yeah, what does your character... Hmm, wait a minute. Uh... How can I get your character to stay here and help us? <laughs> well, I was thinking, what does your character wish I'd do? Um... Give you a sacrifice. Yeah, what, what does your character wish I would do? Hmm. And then I prepare for the worst. Is the character wish you do? Saddington uh, wishes that you would give Mita justice. That you would give Mita a reason to fight Saffron and avenge this their sister. But primarily. They want to avenge their sister. Yeah. Uh, and they will do... They're willing to trash this trade deal in pursuit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact are likely not to listen to shit you say if by simply ignoring it, they can start a war. Here we go, Ryan. Oh no, you persuaded. Never mind. Yeah. So it's impassioned speeches time. You know how do you how do you get these two desperate houses together to? Well, what the fuck does Holland say? Holland is sort of quiet at this point and says, 
If you are not willing to stand by us, we will all die. You will die. I will die. Your family that you have cut ties to in order to secure your position will die. I don't believe you truly so far removed. I have recently been taught that lesson myself. <laughs> Saddington, I understand that there's nothing more I can say that will convince you. And I know that you're here for Saffron's blood. However, as Canteen, though I have made mistakes, many mistakes in the past, I admit to them all. And it is my goal and my duty to protect, however I can, the people of this community. So, because of what happened, and because Miter needs some form of justice. Uh, so, just out of out of character. So, she, uh, uh, finer Sasha. I know her hands were skinned, her ears were cut off, and her eyes were gouged out. Yep. In exchange for sparing Saffron, I will give you my eyes. Mitre can take them. Saddington stands up as Mitre sort of just looks confused and kind of furious. Saddington stands up and says, You dare insult our traditions in such a way? You would come against us and insult us like that? What was the point of these last few hours if you were just to spit on us at the end? Why did you stall so long? Only to have war now. I meant no insults. Give me your eyes. Like that would bring back the one we love. And senseless murder will bring her back. Senseless murder will fill the hole in our hearts. You see Saddington sort of gesture to the two behind her. Is that what you think? You think coming in here, making a show of force with your flamethrowers and your axes and slaughtering our people is going to fill the hole in your hearts? It's going to kill you. You kill us or we kill you. Either way, we all die. You don't get that. Why are you so hungry for blood when you should be putting the needs of your people before all else? What about you the children you left Saddington, behind in the orchard? You see Saddington burst into angry cry yelling as they say, You don't know what this is like. You've never lost a child. 
You're trash. You're scum. I've lost too many, too much. I would rather die and burn it all to the ground than suffer through this pain one more second. And she lunges at you. Uh, well, uh, I am going to, uh, I'm going to dodge out of the way. All right. I guess that would be do something under fire? Yeah, do something under fire. Yeah, do I'm, I'm something good. under fire. Do it. I'm good at that. Maybe. God damn it! I got a six. <laughs> Man, so, that die roller just hates you tonight. Daddington barrels into you and pushes you to the ground and starts, you know, shaking you. Saffron, do you do anything? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to read a sitch. Go for it. <laughs> I can tell you what the sitch is. Sitch is, help me, motherfucker. Um, that's an 11. All right. Okay. Um... So the sitch is, uh, what I'm gathering out of character, is that finer Sasha was Saddington's daughter... So she came here looking for blood, and she doesn't give a fuck. This was never going to work. She was just placating us because she had to, and she's here to fuck shit up. Well, what is what is, what is Ryan do? What does Ryan do? What does Saffron want to feel? Um... So which enemy is most vulnerable to me? Saddington. Okay. Um. Hmm. The other ones, I don't think I'm... Uh... I don't think I can really get any use out of. Um, who's really in control here? Who's in control? Is anyone in control? Is Gene in control? <laughs> Your mask is in control. No. Um... <laughs> yes. Doom. Doom is in control? Uh, no. Uh, who's really in control here? I will answer that question with this. No one is in control here, and it's definitely not Saddington. Mm. This is a very chaotic scene. You see that Holland is sort of trying to keep the whole stoic, mysterious, aloof guy thing, because Holland has fucking no clue what they're doing. Um, Lee Rowan is just sort of you know, trying to work out whether he's going to get attacked by Nipperkin in a moment. Uh, and Mida just doesn't really understand what's going on. This is a scene with that. This is, there's, there's very little control in this room. All right. Um... And then I guess my last question: um, Which enemy is my biggest threat? Is the biggest threat? Gene. Mm, obviously. 
The more time, and, and the reason that's relevant is the more time you guys spend arguing and fighting with one another is more time that Gene has to maneuver. Hmm. All right. In that case, um, um, <clears throat> Saffron Saffron stands and and he says, in in his most commanding voice. This needs to stop right now. There is no call for this. You've seen death and you've seen loss. Well, here's something else you've seen. You've seen fire. You know what fire does? It consumes. It leaves nothing. Vengeance is like fire. Anger is like fire. And it will consume everything and leave us all standing in ashes. And sure, certainly something new may grow from the ashes. But we won't be around to see that, not a single one of us. And then I'm going to try to... I want to... Um... Go aggro? No. Oh, do you have a special move? Um, I have I have the frenzy move. Does does the amount of people in this room count as a mob? Sure, let's pretend it does. <laughs> I mean, the amount of people that are just outside this room and can hear the shouting and the scuffling is definitely a mob. And any one of the people in this room could call in that mob at a moment's notice. So let's say this is a mob. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that you know give that give that little speech, and we'll see. Oh, thank God, I rolled an eight. <laughs> um. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say to the, I'm gonna say to the burners, um, your, your leader, Saddington here, obviously came looking to settle a grudge. Is that what you want? Do you want to settle a grudge, or do you want to stop a war? Um, Saddington is still, like, pummeling me, so I would like to do something about that while Saffron... Saddington Saffron's wasn't punching you, she was sort of shaking you on the ground. Oh, I, I'd still like to, like, get her off of me. Alright. Well, um, um, Saddington pauses as Saffron is shit. Okay. So, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna pick the, um, bring people forward and deliver them. Option. I want them to, you know, drag Saddington off and sit her ass down so we can talk about this. You see, Mida and Mida sort of put their hand on Lee Rowan's arm and say, "You got to do something about this. You're the only one. 
And Rowan sort of looks at her and then steps forward and puts their hands on Saddington's shoulder and says, you got to listen to me. you got to listen to me right now. If you keep doing this, everyone's going to die. Listen to what Saffron is saying. Gene, whoever the fuck he is, is trying to fuck us over. And you are letting your grief take control of that. You're meant to be above that. You're meant to put that shit away. I know what you're feeling. Don't pretend like I don't understand. If you won't lead this community properly, then I will tend that grove. And you see Saddington sort of look up at Lee Rowan and say, I just, I, I can't do it. I can't, I can't let it go. These people played a part in it, I know. Saddington's just, and, and Lee Rowan's staring down at Saddington's just like, all right. I understand. Is Nipperkin nearby? Uh, I actually don't think Nipperkin's in the room. Really? Why do you never have your fucking bodyguard nearby when I want him in a scene? Because this is not, I mean, it's not supposed to, supposed to be us. Maybe he's standing outside. I think I think we said he was nearby at the beginning. Yeah, he's he's like standing in the doorway. He's he's the guy in charge of keeping everyone out. Nipperkin, can you help me lift Saddington off the floor? She needs to talk to her people. Saddington's like, no, no, I can't do it. I I can't face them. I'm I'm clearly broken. I can't do it anymore. I've broken my oaths. It's okay. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help so, you. Um, before that happens, I don't think I have a choice in rolling my Lawbringer move because it says when someone breaks your law, roll plus cool. Mm -hmm. So I think I have to roll my Lawbringer move for Saddington. All right. You roll plus cool. Which technically could end with me executing her. But yeah, this time, it. I got a 9. Which means I have to execute her. Brilliant. So Nipperkin walks well, over and looks to you, Ayazama, as he knows what you must do. And then you see... Uh, you see... What is his name? You see Lee Rowan grab the machete that is strapped to uh, Nipperkin's side and draw it lightning quick and just lop the head straight off Saddington. Uh, you mean Saddington who is still like kind of kneeling over me? No, remember? He started lifting her off of you. Okay, I just didn't know as, if I was... Okay. As Nipper yeah, you're fine. You just see the spray of blood and you sort of don't know what happened. Everyone just... Heard the uh, the last thing you heard was uh, Lee Rowan say, "I will help you with your oaths." 
Yep. And then he sliced her head off. Uh, so as, as Saddington's blood sprays all over me, uh, I just nod to Nipperkin because I'm, I'm, I think that's, uh, good enough for God, so to speak. Um, and then he hands you the blade and say, and says, the grove has been tended. A new tree shall need to be planted. Do you need for someone else to have swung the sword? No. I will bear that burden. We march to war, but we march with our brothers on the wall. And you see oh, him reach you. out and grab Holland's hand and say, you are a terrible peacemaker, but you surround yourself with good workers. He sort of looks to you and eyes armor and to you, Saffron. I don't know how long this peace will last, but it will see us through this battle. I think that's all we can ask for now. After we could work on restoring trust. <sighs> I shall that'll... help you transport Saddington's body. And that'll be where I end the run with... Okay. Uh, sorry about that, Brandon, but it's a bit late and I don't want to keep everyone here. Ray, just... Ray. Sorry. Oh, I don't care. I think that scene needed to uh, be fully completed before... We had Ozer and Doom, the new <laughs> gang, and it's really cool, and we lots of killing, and Ozer will save the day. Yeah, can, can we I think... Just, I, 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 I kind of wish it, it did the last, very last scene, it just cuts to the middle of the verdant with Ozer and Doom, and <laughs> Doom says, how do you think those peace talks are going? And Ozer says, eh, I'm sure it's fine. Ozer doesn't trust any of you. She would just no. say, it's terrible going terrible. And she would sure be someone's right. head got chopped off. <laughs> you, persu you persuaded uh, you persuaded the other two, at least. Whereas you fucked yourself with Saddington. Yeah, sorry about that. The uh, die roller did not like me. Uh, so, we shall end it there. Let's do history. Uh so, just curious, was, was <coughs> Sasha Saddington's daughter? Not until you made that plot line. Oh, okay. Like, not in, like, so you and I ended up on the same page there. So it didn't happen, it happened before you said that out loud. Okay. But when you fucked up the role or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. That was when I started forming that for myself. And then started dropping hints to it. And then... And then you said it out loud to Ryan. And then I'm like, yeah. well, he's got it, but there's no way for me to reveal that to them nope. with any of the questions Ryan can ask. Yeah. I that thoroughly was, enjoyed that. That was cool. That was really cool. History, oh. right. History. Uh, uh, I think Saffron knows me better. Yay. And I think that Ayazama knows me better, too. 
does anyone know you better? No. What about Doom? Uh, Ayazama, take minus one. Yeah, we're at zero on my sheet. To get down we to minus three. Doom yet. Damn. I'll have to have a big entrance at the beginning of next game. A big entrance at the beginning of next game, which will probably be the last run. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, because Ozer will kill everyone and it will be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be a three hour long fight scene with the occasional cut back to. So I wonder uh, when those uh, mountaineers are going to come and then out of the room comes Doom and. <laughs> Ozair, oh, no. holding Dean's head. <laughs> Ozair and Doom just killed everyone, and by the time the collective army of the Burners and the Dammers get there, we're here to fight! Oh, everyone's dead. And then she takes Jean's head and puts it in Pamming's lap and says, no one's immortal. And then, credits. That would be my perfect way to end this game. All right, well, you make sure you set that up then. I hope you've got a sword. I can do whatever I want. You know, it occurs to me you can decapitate someone with a shotgun. It occurs yeah. to me I can take a chain and choke them until they die. Until their head their pops head off. off. <laughs> yeah. I'm an anime character. I got an anime monster <laughs> with me with guns. You're an apocalypse world anime thing. Post-apocalyptic anime. Give it to me now. No, could, except uh, I'll probably... Someone with a machine gun, too. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head is Desert Punk, and do not want. No. <laughs> it's like some sweet-ass Trigun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I mean, Trigun is definitely an apocalypse world game with uh, with no one interfering with the no one guiding the the um, improvisational storytelling elements there's a giant <laughs> guy and his dad fits in his pocket why not that's pretty close to apocalyptic I need to watch yeah. Dragon again uh, do you? so that's the end of that <laughs> yes you do We'll I see like what it. happens next week, which will probably be the last run of this campaign. It's uh, but we'll talk about that more next time. Yeah. Brandon and I are going to introduce a whole bunch of people to their Lord and Savior, the Aquifer of the Soul. <laughs> <laughs> going to make a whole new Aquifer of the Bloody Soul. Aquifer of the Bullet Hole. Ooh, all right. Farewell from the past. I'm Raymond.